Hello, 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 everyone. We are live. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the Instant Insights live show. If you haven't attended to one of these before, this is basically the show where we get together, all of us Astrologer Connect Astrologers, and answer your questions live. Some of you already sent some questions beforehand, and we'll be talking about those in just a second. But yeah, welcome. And if you're new to the channel, if you've never seen us before, please hit that like button, the subscribe and the bell and all that stuff to be notified whenever we go live next. And we post pretty much every day of the week almost. So if you like astrology and you love astrology content, like Astrology Hub is here for that. All right. So before we get started, I did want to give a little bit of a, a brief of like how this works. So we decided to create two additional special episodes. So this one is the first one where we'll be addressing all your questions about the Saturn and Pluto retrograde. And then Friday with, I believe it's with Nura and Jamie Goldstein, we'll be talking about your Venus retrograde questions. So if you have any questions about the Venus retrograde, you can send them over at astrologyhub.com forward slash insight, and you'll see the link uh, walk across the screen. <laughs> down there. All right. So today, of course, I have with me Carmen Allen, astrologer and herbalist, and Jamie McGee, who is the host of Star Sign Horoscopes, who, which came out today. If you haven't seen the latest episode, I highly recommend it. It kind of gummy teary a little bit. I had to send, a, <laughs> I had to send Jamie a, a message on our little private thing. And I was like, oh my God, this cancer horoscope gummy in tears. <laughs> but yeah, so Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody who might not know you? What do you do? And what what kind of questions do you like talking about? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I'm an astrologer. I'm an author. And I'm part of the team here at Astrology Hub, which I absolutely love and adore. I don't think there's an astrology question that I do not like. It is definitely a passion of mine. But I definitely, I love working with entrepreneurs. I love helping people get unstuck with the situation, figuring out where they are in the dark night of the soul, how to tap into their natal promise and really just master that next step and find that hidden gift. Because no matter how dark it is, you have an opportunity and the challenges are always opportunities. Yeses are always big launches, but no's are as well. Uh, every no is a yes to something else, I guess is what I can say. Nice. And I should have asked you this before we went live. You were to summarize the Saturn and Pluto retrogrades right now in one word. What was what would be the word that you'd go to? I think an opportunity for both of them. Pluto carries more closure and Saturn has an opportunity because there was so much change that we had going on during these last couple of months that there was probably one that we missed. So opportunity is my one word. I can nice. explain later. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Now, Cameron, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody in the audience right now? Yeah, hey everybody. Cameron here, astrologer, herbalist, also in school for Ayurveda right now. Currently do some work with like yogic practices and stuff like that. And the, you had another question and I was already even about to go into answering it. But the things that I like to talk about in astrology, of course, are medical astrology. So having to do with just like your health, but one thing that I've been trying to promote over the last few years is people coming to me for preventative things so that we never even have to get to the natal potential of the illness that does manifest later on. Uh, very often I'm finding as I work with people in different age ranges. And, and then also if you have something going on currently, like working through that, 
maybe even if someone has like a surgery time that they are looking for, if they had a failed surgery, then like making sure you get the right time. Or really sometimes it's really making sure you don't get the wrong time is really what we do a lot of times with surgery. Uh, yeah, it just becomes really important. Also, I practice evolutionary astrology. So talking about dynamics having to do with the deeper unconscious processes that people are going through in their lives, really, really a thing that I really adore, especially people who are really like open and ready to like really dive in and be kind of on like a no BS kind of um, orientation when it comes to the evolutionary astrology. You know, I like to get into past life things in that way sometimes, but lately I've been bringing it more into the present and rooting it in um, either ancestral patterns and or just early childhood development. So knowing that um, evolutionary astrology talks about past lives, if you don't necessarily believe in that, you all have ancestors, you all had an early childhood upbringing. So all these things seem to speak to the same things in the symbols in the chart. So those are the kind of things I like to talk about. And also, if you have predictive questions, I like when people ask predictive questions that have a lot of details involved in them. Yeah, that's what I like. Nice. Yeah, I love those too. It's like you feel like a, a, an astrologer detective. So every episode, we have two special questions that um, both uh, Cameron or Jamie or any of the other astrologers um, who are here had a little bit of extra time to, to sit with it and kind of explore the chart a little bit more. So we're going to dive into those now. And then in a little bit, we'll start taking your questions about Saturn retrograde and the Pluto retrograde as well. I think I would like to get started with a question that came through. All right. So this is Petra. So my question is about the opening Saturn square. I have my natal Saturn in Sagittarius and I also have Mars in Pisces. So they are squaring each other. And I would love to know how do you work with Saturn conjunct Mars squaring natal Saturn. Right on. Who would like yeah. to get us started? I love that we were able to hear the voice and see the way that they were. That is just beautiful. I love. Right. Yeah. So. I I can have a couple of comments, but I'm really interested to see what Cameron has to say too. But I, I will say, first of all, no matter where you are, whether it's squaring or not, Mars and Saturn together often do you feel like the gas and the brakes at the same time? Like, what do I do? Like, every time you take initiative, you have to kind of fall back a little bit and put some structure kind of reminds me of that starting line with the, the engines going. And where this is in your chart is in your fourth house, which is an angular house. It's very public. It's a homework life balance. And as you mentioned, you also have Saturn in your first house. So in a way, it feels like to initiate or get anything off the ground right now, you have more break than you have acceleration. But I think if you kind of step outside of that and take a step back, it, it's almost as if you have to get the details of your day-to-day to harmonize before you can really take action on those corners. And the reason I say that is that you have two benefics working for you in different houses of your life right now. So Jupiter is amplifying your work. So that'll flow into your overall health and wealth. And then you have Venus in the ninth house, which really speaks to new directions and your convictions, your passions, and that self-awareness that you have with Saturn. So it's almost like you have a lot of changes. And before you can take that action, you that action or that structure that you need will come more into view once you find those opportunities and work with them. But I do think that very soon, Saturn on the 17th is going to go in retrograde. So you're going to go back over some of the things that you've been doing since March. 
But by the beginning of the year, you're going to feel like you've got more traction. And at the same, by that time, you'll also have work through a lot of the opportunities that you have in those other areas of your life. So it's just like a two-part kind of play that you're working with right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Like start, stop kind of thing going on there with the Mars and the Saturn. That Saturn is in uh, medical astrology, we say it's like extreme cold and then Mars is extreme heat. So it's like feeling like I can't move, but also I want to move really fast, right? And so just echoing that again there, but also just thinking about the opening, because I think the first thing you said was talking about the opening Saturn square and just understanding that before Saturn goes retrograde, it's not going to make it to the direct point of that Saturn square. And so understanding the Saturn square as we could think of it as an evolutionary gateway. And it's like, you're about to get to that gateway and then Saturn stops and then it starts to go backwards a little bit. So also like something here that I'm really feeling into is just the need for patience and understanding that whatever you're working on, you're in this process. And this is something I've talked to people a lot about, just like understanding what kind of process that you're in. If you feel like you've been making headway, if you feel like you've had resistance and struggle, understand that that is the process that you're in. It's going to go backwards. The invitation is to reflect on that. Understand how are you trying to restructure and change your identity? And I say identity here because Saturn's in the first house, speaking to you, the native, in your identity, and then the transiting Saturn's in the fourth house. And so it's like, what it had to do with your identity in the first house and how, in like when you were younger in your early childhood upbringing, did you feel limited or restricted? And how are you coming to terms with that in this present moment? In what ways do you feel like you're learning to assert yourself, Mars, into dissolving the emotional boundaries, Pisces, that had to do with your family and your, your upbringing? So just really like being mindful of those things is is a way that I like to look at it in this case. And then also like, I don't want to like dismiss this, this lovely Jupiter and Pisces here because you didn't say anything about the Jupiter and Pisces, but without doubt it's there. And then also being mindful that your ascendant is evol- involved here very strongly as well, just because it's so close to that Saturn and that Jupiter and that Mars is there. So there's more dynamics happening here. So even with this perceived struggle that might be happening, that Jupiter is coming right after it. So understanding that you're like sinking in to put forth consistent effort so that you can feel the growth in the healing that can happen when it comes to who you are and your identity and how you're trying to dissolve the emotional boundaries that were creating issues for you in your early childhood upbringing. I like that. I also think that there might be a little bit of releasing happening because where the North and South node are going to be, like you're having a little return. So like this whole transition that you're going in, it's like, there's something about allies or a dream that needs to be reset or adjusted or balanced. And it's just really about following your passion and that drive. And that might be like everything that Cameron said. And then just like trusting the process is your is the best thing that you could do in this this work that you have right now. Because that is a little bit of work, but it's yeah. going to be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's also something going on that seems like it it could have potentially been another topic, but it's showing up the same year and was called a first house year based off of a specific timing technique. And so since you're in a first house year and that is Sagittarius ruled, uh, where that's Sagittarius in the first house, that means Jupiter is highlighted for the year. So you can follow Jupiter and see what Jupiter's doing. And Jupiter right now is in your sixth house of necessary adjustments. So you can see how these two things go together cohesively. The Jupiter that's ruling the year is in the house of necessary adjustments, the sixth house. And then you have these things going on with Saturn and Mars, and you need to review things 
And again, this is going to be talking to a process that takes necessary adjustments. And also that Jupiter in your chart is in the fourth house. So it's going back to like family matters, maybe something having to do with the home and where you come from. So with everybody, anything, if I see anything in the fourth house, I'm always asking, what's your relationship to your ancestors? What's your relationship to the land that you're on right now? And just making sure you connect with that. Also, some other topics that could be alive in this could be uh, immovable assets. So if you have like property or land that you're trying to acquire, or if you have a business that you're trying to acquire, just know that that could be up this year as well. Plus, since you're in the first house, that Saturn's going to be highlighted, that sun is going to be highlighted. So like, how have you felt restricted in your expression and also being mindful of your vital force and your energy because the first house represents where heaven and earth met when you first came here. So that's like your, your energy, your life force. And so just understanding if you have felt kind of restricted in your energy levels as well, those are all things that I would say are um, up for review because off of that Saturn, Mars can be like, it's like you want to do something, but you feel tired because you have been putting forth effort towards it. But that Saturn has made you feel like a little suppressed, repressed, depressed kind of energy going on there. So you want to be mindful of all those things. Yeah. Right on. I love that you called the sixth house. What was it? The the house of necessary adjustments. That that really summarizes it. <laughs> right, 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 right. I love that. Sweet. Would that be general advice for anyone who might have like either Saturn in the fourth house or Saturn Saturn transiting through their fourth house right now? Would you say, Jamie Cameron? I would say a little bit, kind of, but just this Mars piece just like really does give it an extra flavor of like, I'm trying hard to put forth effort towards this thing and I'm feeling restricted and limited And this kid. So I would say in general, halfway, yes. So in general, yes. But then with that Mars being there, someone's vital force might be like being taken away from them more. So it will be the same theme or the same flavor and texture but just like with more energy if Mars isn't there because Saturn isn't coming and slowing down the heat of Mars. Oh, I agree. And I mean, that's the one thing that's so great about the Astrologer Connect platform is that your chart is completely unique to you. It won't be repeated for over 4 million years. And so we could find some similarities. We could tell you, yeah, if you have Saturn in the fourth house, focus on this. But then it's like, you know, who is it Saturn answering to? Who, where is that energy flowing? What chapter are you in with your natal chart? But Anytime you have Saturn, you know, natally, like this, this questionnaire does have, she has it in the first house, which is angular, and then transiting a fourth house, which is also angular. It's a big deal. So you will make some changes that Mars component does add to it. And then just where they are in their chapter, where their eclipses are working for them, where they've been experiencing the past eclipses. There's just a lot. There's an unfolding story that they're working with and they're in this holding pattern. But the holding pattern is like... I keep reading articles about this. Enjoy the waiting period, like because the waiting period is setting you up for success. And that's what this particular chart and this native is experiencing right now. But it would be a little bit different for for everyone. But Saturn anywhere on the angles is something you're going to remember and definitely know it. I definitely am very aware of myself. I actually wanted to take one that came in through the audience um, right now, because I think we don't need to like take a deep dive into the chart to to answer this question. But where can progress asks? My Saturn is in Capricorn along with my Sun, Mercury, and Jupiter. Does this mean that Saturn is kinder to me? I have been going through a tough financial time. Any thoughts? What, what, I would have to know the ascendant 
first here. So I, I, I can pull up the chart. Cameron's pulled up that chart and I'll say this, but he can probably speak to this too with his Capricorn genius, but I, it is your ruling planet. So I think that you understand it like on a deeper level where, you know, if you were ruled by Venus or Mercury, like that's just the flow that you would go with. But Saturn, it's, it's like having a strict parent and because you follow that strict parent and you follow the rules when it matters, you're ready to stand up and take charge. So you're usually way further ahead than you give yourself credit for when you have all of that energy working for you and Saturn at the same time. But yeah, I am curious to know what your ascendant is because I think that that would play into how you're experiencing any um, financial stress because we would know what your second house is and your eighth house, eighth house is, the rulership of that and where the money's flowing throughout your chart. Okay, while we pull that, I'm going to look at another question that also came through. So Priscilla asks, and then we'll, we'll go back to work in progress. <laughs> Priscilla asks, Saturn on my north node and midheaven in Pisces. What can that mean? Plus Pluto is also in Aquarius op opposing my natal Pluto. So she's also in a Pluto opposition. What can that mean for Priscilla, Jamie? That's a, that's a lot of energy really directing you towards a sense of purpose. I'm wondering if this is the first or second time you've experienced Saturn here, because that'll make a big difference. We're always going to be a student of Saturn, but definitely the first time we are a hardcore freshman student. The second time we get to be a little bit more of the teacher we learn from our past to go forward. But I think that this energy is going to really help direct you towards something that feels like on purpose, a calling, and it could isolate you in order for you to reach it. And you may find that you're having to release some things or like you may even be experiencing like instant karma, good or bad. Like you have you do something and then like instantaneously from another direction, there is a reaction where that's physical, emotional, financial. It's a lot of a lot of hard work in that area. Now, Pluto and Pisces. Now, Pluto opposing Pluto kind of does that, too. It's a power dynamic. Where is your power? Where are you releasing it? How are you balancing it in your overall life? Um, I'm just I would just be curious. I would ask you a lot of questions if I had you in the quiet room as, as how you've been working with this already. But I definitely think it's time to stand up and follow your purpose. And even if that means like putting up some really serious boundaries or letting go of influences that are preventing you from doing that and being open to that change, too. Yeah, that gives like a strong flavor of like being needing to be mindful around power dynamics and um, authority. Like, are you writing down your own story in your life? When it comes to like the midheaven and what is your highest aim and what is your purpose? Um, are you judging yourself because you haven't made it to where humans projected these, that you should be when that's just made up? And if you're doing that, then you're going to be feeling like this sense of restriction, limitation and judgment. So being mindful to be your own authority. Yeah, yeah that could be a little hard, too, if your south node is in Virgo, if I'm thinking about that right, because you're probably really good at being hard on yourself. Like you remember negative comments just as much as positive, And you feel like you have to have all the details and everything in place before you can excel. But really, it, your purpose is to um, feel like. It's, it's like a creative flow, which is very hard if you're looking for details, you're supposed to emerge into this purpose and it'll feel really natural and on purpose when you do that. But yeah, definitely. I see the South and Virgo definitely turn off the editor when you can and the self doubt. And if you hear a positive and a negative comment, lean into the positive one, replay that one as much as you can, because 
I, I know how that feels. Like you'll have 20 positive comments and one negative and that negative one's the one that you just keep thinking of and you try to change your entire life story around that one opinion and you forget the rest of the positive ones. So yeah, turn off the inter internal editor, go with the flow, trust, um, trust your intuition. And I would really encourage you to lean into like music or water, anything that helps you feel at that creative energy and escape into a world that you can build of your own, one that you want to be a part of. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Nice. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to work in progress. Do you have the the chart, uh, Cameron? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and, and I, yeah. I saw that work in progress also did tell us their rising sign, which is Taurus. So, so what I have is the rising sign of Taurus. So that means Capricorns in the ninth house. Capricorns of the nature of the ninth house. So uh, that feels good to me, right? Even like looking at um the ascendant, it is in a trine trine aspect. To that Capricorn. So there's an easy flow from the ascendant, from who I am to all those planets in Capricorn. So I would say that is Saturn being very helpful. Also, we have some people will call this to be Mercury Kazemi there. So it's this strong ability to like purify the mind away from what the moral compass is of other people and or that's the intentionality here. It's like becoming one, like being in relationship with the structure of reality based off of nature in natural law rather than religiosity and like really rooting down into like what you value and just like with that Taurus rising, just like taking your time, just like taking your sweet time and knowing like all those things that are coming for you have to do with like you being an authority over your intuitive knowing and not like what the reality is telling you to do. One last thought for work in progress, being mindful that that Mar Mars was in Gemini for such a long time, because I just saw the part about financial to financial time, that Mars was in, in Gemini for such a long time that it's going to take time to recover from those experiences because Mars was in there for a really long time. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I, I was pretty sure that the fall was probably hard because it felt like you take two steps forward, two steps back and getting things accomplished. But And also you have like... You're just kind of going through a lot of changes with Taurus being on your ascendant. And it's like it, there's a part of you that really likes the change and the part of you that like wants certain corners of your life to be very solid. And right now, those have all been under stress, but that stress is starting to dissipate a little bit. So it's more like instead of bracing for what's going to come next, anticipate what you want to bring in. That, that, that whole mindset will help you with the prosperity that you're looking for. And it's definitely easier said than done. It's kind of it's almost like a, a Saturn and Pisces thing. We have to put a lot of work behind our faith that we, where we start manifesting and bringing things in. But yeah, I would focus on what you want to happen and when it comes to prosperity. Yeah. And Mercury going into Gemini should also help a little bit. Yeah. 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 Nice. All right. So work in progress. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks work for sending in the question. I love yeah. that. It is a work in progress. <laughs> Let's go to our next featured question and this one came from patty so patty asks hi my name is patty i am currently experiencing my second saturn return and i'm just wondering how this retrograde might affect my return and what i might be able to expect in the next several months or the next year thanks for your help right second saturn return so many people having their second saturn return i guess that is that's always happening yeah. <laughs> all right so who would like to to start maybe jamie yeah i mean i can yes because i love i love how deep like um 
Cameron goes. So I'll just give my brief little highlight. I think the the good or the optimistic news is you're not quite in the Saturn return yet because your Saturn's at 17 and this year Saturn's only going to make it to seven and he's going to stop and then he's going to go in retrograde. But because of the way your energy works in your chart, I do think that this return in general, you're going to feel it in a couple of areas. But if we were to follow the pattern of the energy, I think what it's going to come down to my recommendation for this especially because Saturn, where it's transiting right now, is in square with your moon, which is in a very private, secluded part of your chart, the 12th house close to your south node. I think it's really about a mind and body practice, a spirituality practice, like releasing what's no longer serving you so you can heal and grow. Because as Saturn approaches your Saturn next year, he's going to also be right in there with Chiron. And Chiron is all about healing ourselves and helping heal other people. So any deep spiritual work that you can start doing right now, trust, faith, wisdom, letting go of things that, like I said, are holding you back is the best way to prepare and work for this energy and really just try to be as flexible and open to 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 the possibility of forgiving and healing, even if that is wound is 30 years old. And another thing that I love about Saturn Returns, like I mentioned with the last question, the first time you're a student, the second time you become more of the master. So you're really going to start to learn from lessons that you had last time or like reflect on experiences that you had in 94 and 95. What was the challenge? What was the opportunity? And how can you really capitalize on both of those as you move into this next phase? Yeah, I love that. And and even thinking about like the spiritual practices, I would double emphasize that for the reasons that Jamie said. And then also looking at the chart, not just from the orientation of the Saturn return, because yeah, that Saturn does have a good amount of distance still. So some people would say it's active. Some people it's not say it's not. I always invite people to like ask themselves, what is the embodied experience of it? And know if you were asking that question because you see that Saturn being close to it, or if you're actually experiencing that in your daily life. And then also being mindful of that it rules your ascendant. And so you're ruling your ascendant, you might actually be more tuned into the Saturn return than other people. And back to the spiritual thing I was talking about. So this year, you're in a year that's a lot, a lot of the energy with a specific timing technique that I use is going towards the eighth house. So all the things Jamie was saying about trust, faith, and doing spiritual practices, you know, the eighth house is a dark house. And so sometimes when we hit, we're in the dark house, it's good to know that we're in the dark because um, we can illuminate the darkness with the light that is within us, but it does, isn't necessarily fun and isn't necessarily easy. And oftentimes that's the same kind of similar theme that comes up with the Saturn return. Also being mindful that that Saturn return that's about to happen and the Saturn's about to go retrograde is in an inconjunction with the things that are in Leo in the eighth house. So just knowing again, like inconjunctions represent necessary adjustments also from a medical astrology perspective. This might have something to do with the way in which your lymphatic system is or isn't processing things properly and how that might or might not be influencing your circulatory system and or your spine. So you want to be mindful of all those things. So just making sure even when you wake up, maybe just doing like a little extra cat cow, opening up, maybe making sure the the cerebral spinal fluid is pumping through the neck, you know, and just like really making sure that the energy is moving because it can have a tendency towards stagnation. Something else that I noticed that was really highlighted this year is the planet Mercury. Mercury's coming to the nodes and Mercury's highlighted. So also there's a time where there could be like, you have a high stress situation that creates this intensity where you need to like focus on your nervous system as well. 
And so whenever we're going through a Saturn return, if we're already feeling pressure, when Mercury goes by a North node, especially in the sixth house, that can just bring a lot of um, energy moving through the nervous system. So you want to make sure that you don't get stressed out with that too. Yeah. Good stuff. I think the only thing I would add to that is I, you were born with a Saturn in retrograde. And that's an interesting, challenging energy. I mean, a lot of us, a lot of people are because Saturn is retrograde for so long, but it's not something that you'll hear us talk about a lot in forecasts. We usually kind of talk about it going forward. But sometimes Saturn in retrogrades can feel like it, it's almost like a, a late blooming in general when the life story or you feel like you're never going to reach that mastery. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're way far ahead. But I will say that when Saturn goes into retrograde on June 17th, that's when you'll probably start to feel the energy. OK, this is the message that Saturn has for me in Pisces and those familiar things are going to come up because your Saturn is more activated you're going to feel your Saturn when Saturn is in retrograde. So you're kind of getting the hint of it. It's not like you've gotten a free pass. I guess the best analogy that I've been using with my clients is that you are in the game, but you're kind of sitting on the bench waiting to go in to play when and you're about to get your play time when it comes to Saturn moving retrograde in a couple of weeks. Or wait, we're right around the corner, like 10 days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, One last thing that I would say, just being mindful that this year in the chart, um, again, based off of a certain timing technique, the moon is actually the ruler of the midheaven. So if you have been having any struggles with work, just like be really careful to watch that relationship with the Saturn in the moon throughout the rest of the year. And if you find yourself to have troubles with work, then just like look to those areas and see how you can support yourself in your daily life. Since Saturn's in the third house, the first thing that comes to mind for me is just like being sure that maybe you like journal and to give your spa- yourself space and time for reflection. And then also with the third house, uh, again, it's back to motor skills functioning. So like moving the body, the third house, I work with it very often for motor skills functioning because it, it corresponds directly to early childhood education. And we oftentimes forget that the language has a lot to do with our motor skills ability. So just being mindful of those things as well. Right on. Nice. Well, Patty, I hope that was helpful. I don't, I don't know if you're in the audience. I think you might be actually. I see a Patricia who said, thank you so much. So I'm going to assume that is you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also would like to thank uh, both Bridget and Lana K who just sent us tips. Thank you so much. It really helps. I remember Lana from Wednesday. We answered one of her questions. I hope uh, you're still integrating it and seeking in the astrological knowledge. Um, oh, yes. And that is Patricia. Hi, Patricia. I hope this was helpful. Let us know. Uh, I, I saw your thank you, so I'm going to assume that this was helpful. So, all right. I just want to remind you that there's many different ways you can send in your questions. Of course, you can use that little form that I talked about in the beginning, astrologyhub.com forward slash insight. But you can also book readings with both Jamie and Cameron and myself too. You can book with Jamie by going to astrologyhub.com forward slash Jamie Connect. You can book with Cameron by going... The same link, just Cameron Connect instead. And then with me, it's Joe Connect. All the same thing. And before we move forward, I also want to tell you guys about something. Because you know about the Instant Insights live show, but you might not know that that's also like a function on Astrologer Connect. You can call the astrologers whenever you want. Um, People are available there all the time. And if you have a question that just comes out of nowhere, you just go to Astrologer Connect, you look for an astrologer who has their green light on, and you can call them like right there, right now. And we're running a special from June 19th to the 25th. 
And from 9 a.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern, there will always be an astrologer live over there. And that's a big deal because not only will there always be an astrologer to talk to you, but you also get five minutes for free. Like your first five minutes of, of the session is totally free because you on those sessions, you do pay by the minute. And if you have good questions that are like quick and easy and you feel like it can be done in five minutes, I mean, yeah, no one's stopping you. So check it out. Again, it's going to be at astrologyhub.com forward slash connect. And the special is running from June 19th to June 25th. And yes, so with that, I think we're ready to go to our last question. And that one came in really early in. And it's a reminder for you guys that if you come in earlier to the live and send your questions, it's more likely to get answered. Um, so this one came from Christine. And Christine asks, I'm always facing difficulties. I would love insights on how I can create more success in all aspects of my life during these transits and overall. Thank you so much. All right, who would like to start with this one? I can start with this one for sure because I see this huge Capricorn stellium going on here. And so, you know, take your time up the mountain is what I would really say. You know, sometimes in our lives, we have these ideas of when we should get somewhere and when we shouldn't get somewhere. And sometimes that is the actual thing that's creating the difficulty. The idea that I should be over here when I'm really right here. And, but that, that projection of should, you know, sometimes it, it keeps me away from like being in the present moment and just continuing, continuing on to mastering what I'm supposed to be mastering. Right. Even you have Jupiter in the 12th house. And so sometimes Jupiter has a tendency to be like a little optimistic. And so, and then it's in Leo. So it's optimistic. It wants to actualize something. And in the 12th house, oftentimes things can be like very ideal. So all that Capricorn is really asking you to take your time and cultivate things so that your creativity can have the time to blossom. And so in relationship to the, the transits that are happening right now, uh, Pluto wasn't done with you to begin with, right? So it's like, just being mindful, Pluto going through that Capricorn that whole time since 2008, that has seemed like difficulty, but really to me, it's an initiatory process. And so when I orient towards things as an initiatory process, rather than just difficulty, and also you're valid in experiencing a difficult, and I hear you a thousand percent because it went through my stellium as well. So difficulty, yes, but rooting down and understanding that's an initiatory process that will never happen again in your life. And so understanding this huge component is just, it's, it's, it's huge. And know that Pluto's going to come back to that North Node and then go away from it. And then I have a projection uh, that things will be clear from there for sure. Yeah. Such good stuff. I, I love the question I, I, about how challenging it is. And I will tell you that one of the, I, I, the stellium stuck out to me, first of all, when I went to your chart. I think a lot of your energy just kind of goes right through that one system, which is in an area of your chart that it, it's in the fit. That's what's your what's what you love without condition. Those are your children, your passions, your entrepreneurship. It's everything that you're passionate about. And you're kind of funneling a lot of energy through here. But I, after we talked about the stellium, everything that um, Cameron brought up, I would tell you that one of the biggest things I see with clients who have an MC in Gemini or a 10th house is in Gemini is they feel in our society that they're supposed to be really good at one thing and just mm -hmm. one thing. But yeah. you are meant to be good at a lot of things, definitely two things. You have to be able to initiate and create multiple things. So 
don't ever feel like you have to fit into one category. And I also noticed that you had a lot of retrograde planets, including your Mercury and your Jupiter and your Mars. So sometimes it could feel like even though you have a lot of cardinal planets, planets that really like to take action, your Mars, your Mars is in Taurus, which is a little bit, does it at its own pace, and it's also in retrograde. And then how you communicate is in an Earth sign, but it's in retrograde. So in a way, it's almost like there's these universes inside of you that are just trying to figure out how to get out in a very creative, original, optimistic way. So I think my biggest, like just in, not to mention that you have a Virgo rising, which means that you're probably really hard on yourself as far as the details and trying to present all that Capricorn energy. I think that I would encourage you to lean more into a creative side to trust that you're meant to do more than one thing and not be afraid to use your voice. Because one of the things about Mercury in retrograde is a lot of times we'll spin thoughts around in our head. It's kind of like a tire in the mud. We just kind of keep thinking about it. But we don't express it to our partner or anyone that we're in communication with that it's bothering us. And if we happen to say, you know, when you said that three weeks ago, three weeks, four hours and two days ago, that really kind of upset me. And they look at you like, I don't even remember saying that. And that just kind of doubles down on it. So don't be afraid to like say, hey, if I ever bring up something to you, know that it means a lot to me and let's just get it out of the way. Like that's like a way that you can use your voice and kind of step outside of the the fear or of, of expressing who you naturally are. And I think that right now with Venus moving through Leo, she's going to go across your Jupiter. And this is the 12th house. This is all about, you know, um, ending to begin a, a creation, incubation part where you can really kind of tap into this magic that's inside of you and ready to come out into the world in a big way. Beautiful. Yeah. One more thing I would add to that is just look at all the earth in your chart. Yeah. Right. It's like, and it's like, how hard is it to move the earth? And what is the the speed of earth? It's the slowest of the four elements. So just being mindful again, like back to the idea of difficulty and like, would earth say that it's like, it, like, would earth say, oh, it's so difficult making this amethyst, right? It takes thousands of years to do it, but like the beautiful thing comes out of it. So just being mindful to like, understand like the the processes of earth that you know that like in your process in life, it is good to take your time. But also with that, from a medical astrology perspective, just be mindful to make sure you do a lot of exercise, a lot of movement and focus on your joints, tendons and ligaments because that's a lot of Capricorn. I get it a thousand percent, trust me, because that's why I do what I do. Because if I didn't, then my joints would be like all out of whack. So yes. Right on. And Christy says, thank you so much. All the information you provided resonated with me. So. You're very welcome, Christine. All right. So with that, I I do want to ask you like a a closing question just for anyone who has been here and didn't get their question answered or anything like that. What would be your, actually, what is your practice for dealing with your Saturn transit right now? I don't know if it's hitting anything in your chart at the moment, but as an astrologer, Jamie Cameron, what are you doing to, to work with Saturn and Pisces? Um, what I, yeah, so I have a practice right now. It's like, it's the discipline of going into trance essentially. So, and the, the humans these days, oh my gosh, I just sounded so Aquarius. The humans, these, <laughs> everybody these days calls it the flow state, right? But I just call it trance, you know, in, in, for me, I have Sagittarius rising. So that means Saturn's in my fourth place. And so just going into trance, having to do with like, my childhood upbringing, my ancestors in the land that I'm on, like going outside and drumming on the earth and 
and playing with the staff until I hit flow state. That's what I've been doing for Saturn and Pisces for myself. In the Pluto, I've just been watching because Pluto likes to take his time. And so I'm just like, what are you trying to say right now? Because I know I'm not supposed to necessarily know and move forward what you're trying to say. And I know you're going back to Capricorn. And you've been there a really long time. So it might be something I've been missing there. So I'm just watching you because I know you're watching me. That's been my nice. practice. I love that. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? So like Cameron and I actually have the same rising sign. So we have a lot of other places. He has more way more Capricorn on the other side. But the, what Saturn is working on with me is actually a south node in Pisces. So I've been trying to really think like I remember Cameron like years ago when I met him and he was doing a Pisces thing for astrology. He's like, it's your feet, your feet, take care of your feet. So the first thing I thought was I'm putting my feet on the ground. And that's what I do. I spend between every session with a client, anytime I get off a meeting, I go barefoot in the grass and I walk and I ground. Another thing I've been doing is trying to swim as much as I can and take care of my skin. But because it's in like the third house, like, I mean, like third slash fourth house and the south node, anything that kind of comes up or resonates from the past, I just, I, I listen to it. I focus it and I try to get a different perspective of it. Like find the forgiveness for it, find the strength mm-hmm. from it, try to see, okay, this is where, this is what, how I, this is where I was then. And this is where I am now. Cause it's really, I think it's more difficult going into a Saturn than having that reflective state. I can remember the planet the last time it was there and I know what it's seated and where I got there. And that helps me trust where it's going. And I definitely back up what Cameron says. I'm just kind of the Scorpio on me. It's just kind of watching like, okay, what are we doing? Like, you know, (laughs) I know that it's going to be powerful and um, very, you know, it's very mental. It's very fixed. It's a new age is bringing in a little bit of, um, it's like like what I've been saying a lot lately is like, we always think about Aquarius as being before their time. But it's like the generation that we're in now, Aquarian is is kind of like that. It's this energy that's sitting between two different worlds. And the Aquarians are like, don't forget that. Don't forget that wisdom. Kind of circle back. So like, here's this tea. Here's this practice. Because you cannot have a past. You cannot have a future without a past. And so Aquarian is helping us remember where we came from. And that almost seems out of the ordinary. You know, what like what was ordinary a couple hundred years ago is now extraordinary today or where would you come with that woo-woo stuff so i'm yes. just kind of listening to the power of it and, and going with the flow for sure and i think that's that's every my condition for anyone because it's 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 very transformative yeah 100 yeah, percent. i think that that's the one umbrella <laughs> advice yeah. that we can give as astrologers pluto just sit and watch <laughs> it takes so long that uh, that's that's the best way to work with it just kind of like yeah trying to close under it's going to get you to your purpose and he he doesn't care if you take the hard way or the easy way you're going to get there so it's more like not being afraid of the work and um and the shadows and for some of us it's easier to face our shadows and some of us it's like i'm not going there and pluto's like yeah you are here it is and it kind of just brings it up to the surface so just acknowledging it yeah Yeah, and being mindful if it's like on an angle for you so that's the ascendant the midheaven, the descendant, or the IC, and then being mindful also if it's um, conjunct like the ruler of the chart. Because this thing I'm saying about just watching, if it was on the ruler of my chart, I wouldn't be watching, I would be withing, right? Mm. So just being yeah. mindful of that difference when it comes to Pluto or any transit really at that point, but yeah. Nice, so, nice. 
It's interesting about having Pluto on one of those angles too, is that you you are more powerful than you can ever imagine. Like you like walk into the room and people notice you and you're like, well, I didn't, I'm not, I didn't do anything to intimidate you, but you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just a very powerful energy that emanates and it's a slow roller, but something we're all learning together. Pluto's been on my descendant for the past, uh, however, God knows. (laughs) Joe and Pluto are rubies, they're loving it. Oh yeah, I'm loving it. It's actually gonna station direct right on my descendant this last time around. Uh-huh. It'll be the last one. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Every every transit really that's, that's my my approach to every transit. Just like let let's get it done. <laughs> All right, guys, this was a great chat. Um, I hope you guys had a lot of fun and our little practices for uh, Saturn and Pluto are useful to you as well. Again, we're going to be back here Wednesday with, actually, Cameron is back here uh, Wednesday as well with Gemini Brett, and we'll be talking about uh, health questions and relocational questions. And if you have any questions about the Venus retrograde, we'll be talking about that Friday with Nora Rochelle and Jamie Goldstein. If you'd like to book a reading with any astrologer over at Astrologer Connect, you just go to astrologerhub.com forward slash connect. And don't forget that june 19th to the 25th there will be five minutes of free instant readings and there will always be an astrologer there available for you for any of your questions so get thinking what do you want to ask an astrologer all right guys um with that this is bye bye i'll see you soon this podcast is presented by astrology hub you can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.